So let's get started today. I want to read from 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence. I like that word. We used it in uh, our song today, um, confidence. Uh, this is the confidence, and this is John speaking here. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. How many are confident when they approach God? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But John says, you know, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, everybody say anything. anything. He hears us. Aren't you glad we serve a living God that hears us? And it says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, everybody say whatever we ask. We know, that's a big one, we know that we have what we asked of him. Anybody got any things you want to ask him now? John said, we have such confidence in what we pray and ask God for. We just, we just know we've got it. It's, it's done. It's done. And all too often, I run into too many people who are convinced that the greatest challenges associated with prayer is to, is to get God to listen. God, are you hearing me today? And the other challenge of that, the second one, is that to find, somehow, I gotta find a way, God, I gotta find a way to unlock his so-called vault of blessings that, that God, for some reason, doesn't seem to wanna open up for me and for my issue and for my problem. But if you've ever thought this today, or perhaps you're here today and you're facing a monumental issue in your life right now, as I speak, and I got news for you, there are people in my, under my voice right now that can hear my voice that, that, that are doing that right now. They're going through some monumental issues in their life. And these exact thoughts are running through your mind. Now I want you to listen to me very closely. The idea that God doesn't care Listen to me. The idea that God doesn't care about his children is rooted in a lie from the devil. The truth is, God is anything but reluctant, anything but reluctant to hear, listen to me, to hear from his children. Hmm. You guys didn't get that, but we're going to. I promise you, listen to this story that I'm about to share with you about God's willingness to hear the prayers of his children and not just to hear them, but to act on their behalf. In Luke chapter 18, verses two through five, it says, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. Pretty good judge, right? That's one I don't wanna go before. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, please grant me justice against my adversary. This is a widow. And for some time he refused, the judge did. But finally he said to him, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually just wear me out with her coming. In today's world, 
being a widow and is is a very difficult a very difficult situation to find yourself in and i do not want to play that down for anyone under the sound of my voice who is a widow but in jesus's day a widow especially one whose father had already passed or one that did not have a brother to take care of her would become listen to me a beggar which in today's world is like our homeless out on the streets. To make it even worse, her situation, this widow, having all of that to deal with, is faced with someone who is such a low life that he's gonna take advantage of this widow. And the Bible doesn't say how, it doesn't say that it's like physically taking advantage or mentally or, or financially. Or, but can you imagine taking advantage of somebody that can't help themselves? And that's what she had to deal with. And she had only one shot, only one, of fending off this bully from her. And that was to go before a local judge plead her case, and throw herself at his mercy. And so that's what she did. But Jesus describes this local judge as he didn't, he didn't respect God's word. He didn't respect God's wisdom. He didn't respect God's justice. And acted as if, this judge acted as if he had no sense of accountability to anybody. He made all of his justices, all of his judgments, everything that he did, he did it just based upon his own little liking and own, you know, his own self and how it suited him and how, it, you know, how he felt in the moment. He didn't care. He didn't care how his judgments affected the people who sought justice in his courtroom. Since people didn't matter to him, he felt free to use and abuse them. He just saw them as sort of irritating problems or he saw them as, as interruptions to his day or, or, or just a nuisance to him. This, this judge, this kind of person is who would serve as this widow's last resort. Anyone would have warned her in those days, he's just gonna laugh in your face. He's going, he's going to laugh in your face and he's going to toss you out on your ear because he don't care about you, which is exactly what he did. But that's not the end of the story. This woman kept coming back and he kept dismissing her and, he, and she kept coming back and he kept dismissing her. And this went on for a bit. Hurt and shocked by the judge, the widow pulled herself together. She couldn't understand why this was happening to her. And she began to pull her thoughts and, and collect her thoughts a little bit. And she began to think to herself, I, I, I have no other options here. I've got, I've got nothing else to do. As cruel and unsympathetic as this guy is, this judge is, he's my only hope. She thought, somehow I've got to convince him that I need protection. She didn't even 
she didn't even have anything to bribe this guy with, like a kangaroo court, like we do when we get tickets in a small town that's taking advantage of us. She didn't have any money. So she thought, I know what I'll do. I'll pester him. And every time that judge turns around, I'm gonna be right there in his face. I'll follow him home. I'll follow him to work. I'll follow him to the store. I don't care wherever this guy goes, I'm on him like a cheap shirt. I'm there. I'm on him. Until he offers me protection, he puts me in jail or he does away with me. And listen, listen to me. Her idea paid off. This widow harassed the judge until the day finally came when he shouted out, I can't stand it anymore. I cannot stand it anymore. Somebody fix this woman's problem. I don't care what it takes, just do it. She's driving me crazy. Anybody have a wife? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My mind was going, I'm totally joking, baby. I love you. (laughs) I'm totally joking. Everybody who knows me knows I'm joking. Listen to me, it wasn't out of the goodness of this righteous judge's heart that this all happened. It it was because of her extraordinary talent to be annoying. And I shared this story because, listen to me very closely, Christians are often taught that the meaning of this story is the exact opposite of what Jesus intended. In this verse, in the very first verse, and this is why they take it this way, it says Jesus told this story to show the disciples that they should always pray and not give up. But many readers just go that far in the text and they don't go any further and they stop, which causes them, listen to me, it causes them to interpret it the way that we've been taught many, many times, drastically wrong. The wrong interpretation is that we humans are like the widow in this story, impoverished, powerless, no connections, no status. We can't handle our issues alone and we have nowhere to run, nowhere to turn. God then must be the judge, like the judge in this this scenario, not interested in our situation. But if we're really, I mean, like if we're really, really in need, if we're really, really desperate, we can always do what this widow did. And we can annoy God. I mean, we can get a bang on heaven's door. We, we, can, we can spend hours on our knees. We can ask our friends to do the same. And sooner or later, we wear him down and squeeze out a blessing from his tightly closed fist. Whatever it takes, fix the problem, God says, so this person just stops driving me crazy. Does that sound like the God that you and I serve? So what does this story mean? If we read just a little bit further, Jesus himself interprets for us just after he finishes this story. But listen to me, it's a parable of contrast, of contrast. It's a parable 
of contrast. Listen, you and I are not like that widow. We are the exact opposite of her. She was poor. She, she was powerless. She was forgotten. She was abandoned. She had no relationship with the judge. For him, she was just one more thing on his list for the day. On the other hand, you and I are not abandoned. Listen to me. We are God's adopted children. Wow. We are in God's family. And we matter to him. You don't have to figure out some secret of attracting his attention. Just say, hi, dad. Hi, hi dad. And, and know, I want you to say, and know that he absolutely loves to hear your voice. Listen, you parents, you're going to get this. I, I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care who I'm talking to. I don't care what the situation is that I'm going through at the moment. If I get a call and I look down at my phone and I see Dustin A. Thacker or I see Devin L. Thacker, I'm grabbing the phone and I mean as quick as I can get it. (laughs) I don't want to miss that call. I don't want to miss hearing their voice. I don't want to miss the opportunity that I might have to help my kid. Believe me, outside of Crystal's voice, no voices sound sweeter to me than theirs. When I hear, hey, dad, what's up? I, I, listen to me, I don't care what I'm juggling, Tony. I don't care if I got 15 things going at the same time. I'm dropping them and I'm going after it. I'm gonna help them. My children are top priority. In Luke chapter 18, verses seven and eight, it says, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Jesus says, I tell you, this is Jesus. I tell you, he will see that they get justice. Oh, that's not the end. And quickly. And quickly. The judge in Jesus' story that he shared, the parable, was a crooked one, unfair, disrespectful, uncaring, preoccupied with uh, all of his own matters, which is the polar opposite uh, of the God that we serve. He never says, God never says, I'm too busy. God never says, hey, hey don't, don't bother me right now. He, he never says, hey, stop your whining. If one of my boys ever called me, listen to me, and they said, please, 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 dad, please, please, I beg you, I plead you, just listen to my request. I'd stop them in their tracks. I mean, I, I would say, hey, wait a minute. What, what did I ever do? What assumption are you making that I wouldn't just drop everything I have? To, to, and, and, and you don't have to ramp up your words for me. I'm your dad. What in my life is more important than you? What gives me greater pleasure than meeting your needs? Just ask me, what can I do for you, man? I'll do it. You just give me a, listen, my kids know they better not hint at anything. They hint, they're getting it. 
Dad, I, I, we're thinking about going out for dinner. We'll take care of the kids. We got them. They don't have to ask us. Hey, you, I, I tell them all the time, hey, when you guys, you know, first of all, it's a pleasure to, to watch those kids. It's a pleasure. I know some grandparents who will say that to their, their kids, and then when they talk to us, they're going, whoo, but I'm glad when they go home. <laughs> okay, so there's been some times. <laughs> Usually when I'm not feeling good or sick or something like that. But man, I hate to see him go. I love him so much. It's, it's my pleasure. Just ask me. I'll, I'll, just, just don't even... You hint to me and it's gonna happen. Now, now, take that feeling, take that feeling of a human father and amplify it by a million millions. I don't care, just take the number, whatever you want. And you'll know how your heavenly father feels about you. No one's voice, no one's voice, listen to me, no one's voice sounds sweeter to God than yours. Nothing in the universe matters as much to him as what you're going through right now, right now. You don't have to pester him to get his attention. You don't have to do all kinds of verbal gymnastics to show him that you need him or that you mean business. He's your father. And, and listen to me very closely. He wants, listen, he wants to hear your voice. He wants to help you out. He wants to step in on your behalf. I think so many of us, listen to me very closely, okay, guys? I think so many of us believe in a God that we don't trust. I, th I think so many of us believe in a God that we don't fully trust. Maybe someone here has prayed for something and didn't get what they asked for. I don't know. Maybe you prayed to win the lottery. Didn't win. Now you're disappointed. But if you do, pay your tithes. Just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <clears throat> Not after you spend it all. Pay your tithes first. That's a biblical principle. It's all we care about around here is your money. Anybody who <laughs> guessed, guessed that is a lie from the pits of hell, okay? So everybody who comes here knows that that is not true. We took a long time before, after we opened the doors, before we even took an offering or received an offering. Um, but... I don't know, maybe you experienced tragedy and, and, and you, just, you just didn't understand why. Why, God, why, why did you allow this to happen to me or to my family? Or maybe you were disappointed by someone <clears throat> that, that, who claimed to be a Christian, who claimed to be even a pastor or who represented God for you in some way and just hurt you and, and disappointed you. Have you ever had a friend that, someone that you, listen to me, somebody that you really like, somebody, in fact, somebody that you love, I've had friends in my life that I love hanging out with, loved hanging out with. And I just couldn't trust them. 
You guys haven't? I mean, am I the only one that's like that? I mean, I, I have friends in my, I mean, I love them, but I can't trust them. I had this friend of mine, he's passed on, and he was a compulsive liar, but he was the neatest guy to be around. He, he made, it was so fun to hang with him. And everything that came out of his mouth, you knew it was a lie. It's almost better if it's like that because now you just know going in, hey, it's a lie, whatever. <clears throat> but, but you couldn't trust him. Listen to me, in order for you to trust somebody, it takes three things. They've got to tell you the truth, and not once, not twice, every time they tell you the truth, even when it hurts, they got to tell the truth. They got to be fair. Number two, they must do the right thing, you know, be just. And number three, be reliable, be dependable. I was in here working the other night. This wasn't in my notes, but uh, we had a little men's meeting, and I was right in the middle of putting together a, a cabinet for the preschool, and it was, it was nuts and bolts galore. There was a ton of them. And um, I had like two things put together, and these guys walked in and said, uh, yeah, looks like you got some work to do. And I said, yeah, I'm going to put this together after the meeting or whatever. And so we went on with our meeting, and everybody left, and I'm like, Crystal, you better get over here. I've got, it's going to be a late one. We're going we're gonna to have to get you know, this uh, thing put together or whatever, and I need your help. And So anyway, <clears throat> I'm thinking that Crystal is the one walking through the door, but it was Tony. Tony comes walking back through the door, and he goes, I'm here till 9. I'll be here and finish this off with you. And thank God he did. I would have been here forever putting that thing together. He had fixed some things I already had dusted. And I only had two things put together. He had kind of fixed that already. And, and so we, 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 we did together. We did one whole one. And it, was, it, was, it took a while. But thank God I had him. Thank God I had him. Dependable. Reliable. Somebody that you can trust. You, you got to have those three things. Or forget about a relationship of trust. Psalm 33, 4 says that those are three characteristics of God. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. Three characteristics, right, true, faithful. Listen very close. Three things God can't do. God cannot do wrong. God cannot lie. God cannot break a promise. And I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, thank God he can't do everything. <clears throat> Listen to me. You learn three, these three characteristics of God. God's holy, just, and faithful. And you're going to have no problem. Listen to me. You're going to have no problem trusting God. Even, listen to me, even when you don't understand it. Even when things seem so difficult, you just can't see it in front of your face. You know, the greatest example of God's faithfulness is without a doubt the nation of Israel in Scripture. In Joshua chapter 21, verse 45, it says, Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. To Israel, guys, Faithfulness was one of God's most important qualities. It's talked about almost more than any other quality in the Old Testament. God is a faithful God. 
He's a faithful God. He, he made all kinds of promises to the nation of Israel. He made a promise that Abraham, at the age of whatever, was going to have a, a child. He was like 100 years old by the time he had the child. They had the child. Uh, he made a promise to the Israelites that they'd have, they would have their own land. Now, when God makes a promise, you can bank on it. He promised the Messiah. He promised harvest. He promised blessing. He promised protection. He promised deliverance from Egypt. He promised a, a, a restoration after captivity. All through the Old Testament, God made promises over and over and over again to the Israelites. Not one of those promises failed. Not one. He has a 100% reliability rating, Tony. 100%. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, he is the faithful God keeping his covenant to a thousand generations. He has been faithful to Israel over and over and over and over again. In the last 4,000 years, God has reminded or remained, I should say, faithful to Israel regarding the promises that he made in spite of their captivity, in spite of their, their mass genocide, in spite of moving them out of the country and then relocating them back and persecution and all these different things, in spite of all those things, Israel is still here today. Now, there were a lot of ites in the Bible. How, how many Hittites, how many uh, Amorites, how many Jebusites, do you see around today? But you do see Israelites. They're still around because God is faithful. God is faithful. God promised it to them. God promised it to them. God promised it to them. And he gave it to them. And they're still here 4,000 years later. God is faithful. He never breaks a promise. Side note on this. That's why we, the United States, better always stay allies with God's children, with the Israelites. Now, what about the rest of us? In Psalm 145, 13, says, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. Not just the Israelite promises, the ones to the Israelites, but all of his promises. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. So let's go through them all right now. <laughs> just kidding. Maybe just a few, though. God's promises, listen to me, are like blank checks that are just like in your pocket, Tony. And all you gotta do is cash them in. They're right there. They're right there. Here's one that you can depend on. God will remember your service. You may sometimes wonder, does anybody even notice? It's like, why even do it? I mean, I did this for my kids. They don't care. I, I, I did this for my spouse. I did this for my coworker or my boss. I did this for my church, but, but nobody even noticed. People don't care. Why bother? Uh, check it out. In Hebrews 6.10, God is not unfair. He will not forget all that you have done, nor the loving labor which you have shown for his sake and looking after fellow Christians. God notices. God notices. The Bible says he remembers every good thing that you do. 
I think of so many of you who, who minister, who volunteer here at the bridge. You, you're, you're not spectators. You're, you, you guys are participators. You jump right in and, and you, you're all over the place. You've got a parking lot. You've got greeters. You've got kids in the back who aren't available to be in the service like you guys are. But I mean, everywhere throughout, a worship team here is hours and hours early. I mean, listen, you guys are all just going crazy, working and volunteering and, and you're participators. You work in different areas and all that, but God takes notice. He's going to reward your, your, you generously. He rewards our, our good when we serve him. Let me also say that we here at the bridge are so happy and we're so honored to serve alongside you. And we all know that you could be spending your time uh, on yourself, uh, your family, your career, your entertainment, whatever it is. You could be anywhere. But, but we're so grateful that you're serving alongside of us, helping us reach this community uh, that we live in and beyond, and, and to fulfill our mission here at the bridge. And after all, listen to me, after all, he gives you your talent so you can minister anyway. That's why he gives it to you, so you can serve other people. Here's another one that you can depend on. God will reward your generosity. Oh, I knew he would get the money. We don't talk about it much around here. But Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. For with the same measure you use to give, in other words, it will be measured to you. Listen to me. That's not positive thinking. That, that's not me preaching a prosperity message. That, that's not me being or, or trying to start up some kind of a fundraiser for the bridge. Jesus said, give, and it will be given unto you. That's his words, not mine. Many of you, listen to me, I'm coming back to it. Many of you believe in a God you don't trust. You can be confident, guys, that when you're generous, God rewards your generosity. There are more promises in the Bible related to giving than any other topic. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, and, 9, verses 10, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Listen, we don't talk much about tithing around here, but you should honor the Lord with the first part of your income. Proverbs 22 says, the generous man will himself be blessed. Same concept. If you haven't learned, listen to me very closely, if you haven't learned to be a generous person with anything, with anything, you're just cheating yourself. Here's the next thing that you can depend on with God, that God will settle the score. Don't you love it when you hear about some scandal, something that's going on, people are being dishonest, <clears throat> and they're still prospering? Doesn't that kind of get under your craw just a little bit? You can be honest. And you're working your tail off and barely making it. Listen to me. There is a heaven and there's a hell. And one day, there's gonna be a time for judgment. There's gonna be a time for, for that when God is going to clear the slates and settle the score. In Romans chapter two, 12, verse 19, it says, Dear friends, listen to me very closely, guys. Never 
Everybody say never. Never, never avenge yourselves. <laughs> we were just talking about this this morning, Steve. Leave that to God. For he has said he will repay those who deserve it. We got somebody out there knocking over our signs. And Steve just prayed for him as I pulled in. I was telling him, he says, let's just pray for him. Let, let's, let's rebuke that in, in the name of Jesus and let him deal with it. And if I ever see him, I'll take care of it too. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But listen to me. This verse right here, it means that God is very much aware of what people do to you. And when they hurt you, when they stab you in the back, when they smear your name, you know those employees that maybe you were trying to guide and lead and they just didn't take it the right way and all of a sudden, you know, that undercurrent's going. I know you know what I'm talking about. Spreading rumors that just aren't true about you. But too many of us, listen to me, too many of us believe in a God that we don't trust. And it's so hard not to tear into somebody that's doing that to you. So we go for it. But I'm telling you right now, God said you reap what you sow. So listen to me, trust God and his faithfulness and let him settle the score. Look what Jesus did in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. It says, Jesus never answered back when insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. The next thing that we can depend on God for is to give you guidance for your life. How many need some guidance every once in a while? Whew, I think I need it every day. When I don't know what to do, Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. My favorite scripture, I think, uh, is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything that you do and listen to me, he will show you the right way. Once again, check it out. He will show you the right way. There's the promise. God himself will show you the way. I've had some guides before. I've had some directions before. Weren't so good. But God himself will direct you. He'll show you the way. The premise for that promise is we gotta trust him. You're facing this big issue today in your life right now. And unfortunately, the first place that you look for guidance is your lawyer, um, your therapist, your, um, the internet, um, uh, your medication, your doctor. Um, and I'm telling you right now, there is only one, say one. one. There's only one completely reliable source for guidance. But you first have to trust God with all of your heart. He's the only one who can really help you through your issue anyway. He's the only one. My final thing for today is the worship team comes that you can depend on God is to forgive 
your sins. How many can say amen to that? In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we freely admit that we have sinned, we find him reliable and just. He forgives us and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Check it out. It says reliable and just. Totally different than the judge we were talking about. The two characteristics of God that guarantee your forgiveness right there. In every promise, there's a premise, there's a condition. There's God says, if you do this, I'll do that. And in this verse, the premise is, all you gotta do is admit your sin. All, all, all you've got to do is confess to God. The promise is God will forgive you. But here's what we do. It's in our nature to try to earn our forgiveness from God. We bargain. Uh, if you'll just forgive me for this one. How many have ever said this? If you, this, you know, just get me by this one. If you'll just forgive me for this one, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. We bribe. If you'll just, if you'll just forgive me, I'll give you 20% in my tithe. Forget the 10%. I'll give you 20. Forgive me for that. I'll read my Bible every day. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to my buddy at work even. Or beg, please, please, please forgive me, God. Please forgive me. As if you had to convince God to forgive you. Listen to me. You don't need to bargain, bribe, or beg God. You, you just sorrowfully admit your sin. And God says, I'll forgive. You're forgiven. He's faithful. You don't have to worry about that. Listen to me, there are hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Bible. Thousands, in fact. And they're there for claiming. And I've just picked a few out here today. But listen, Listen very closely. They're not for everyone. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. What does that mean? That means Jesus is the key. He's the key to unlock all of those promises. It's our relationship to him that unlocks all all of the promises. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, you can't claim all of these promises. You can't claim forgiveness. You can't claim the blessings, etc., etc. They are yes in Christ. Shall we stand? Guys, that's the starting point. So I wanna ask this question of you today. Listen to me very closely. Just if I can grab all of your attention back here just for a moment. I know we just stood up and we've been sitting for a while. I wanna ask you a question. It's an important one. 
can you trust the God that you believe in? Listen, guys, once and for all, let's trade in the notion that we have to plot and scheme to pilfer some kind of a blessing out of God. Somehow tricking him into growing up or giving up what, what, what would rather, he would rather keep himself. The reality is that our God is, is a good God. It's, it's just in his nature, he's, he's good. It's who he is, he's a giving God. He's a blessing God. He's an encouraging God, he's a nurturing God. He's an empowering God, he's a loving God. This is the God, listen to me closely who willingly waits for your call today. If you can just picture him like I was just seeing that phone with Dustin's name on it or Devin's name on it. And all he's waiting is to see your name, to hear your call. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 and 13, it says, for the scripture tells us that no one who believes in Christ will be disappointed. And anyone, everybody say anyone. Anyone who calls on the name, anyone who calls, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Have you done that today? If you haven't, why don't, why, don't, why don't we all just close our eyes for a moment? No looking around. Bow your heads. And I'd like for you to do that. If, if, if you feel like, you know, that that's what you need to do today, I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what situation. I don't care what monumental thing is happening. I don't care what it is. If you, if it's, even if it's just, you know, God, I just, I just want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want you in my life. I want you this today, I want you to, to call on his name. His name is Jesus. I want you to call on his name. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Stop, stop doing things your way and start following him in his ways. Listen to me very closely as your every head is bowed and every eye is closed. This is the greatest decision that you'll ever make on this earth. That's pretty weighty right now in this moment with everything going on in your mind, all of the things circling you and surrounding you. But it's true. It's the greatest decision that you can ever make. All across this room, Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. I know that sometimes I struggle 
with completely trusting you. I believe, I believe that you could save me, but you know, uh, I've got this situation in my life that I just, I just, I, I can't, I can't fully turn it over to you. I can't completely trust you with this. And, 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 and here's what, what God wants us to do. He just wants us to say, oh, you can trust me. Call, call on me. Just call me. You know that Jesus said, ask anything in my name. That's not my words. Ask anything. All across this room, call on the name of Jesus. If you feel him here today and you feel like you, he's waiting, just he's, he's waiting for your call. He's, he's waiting to see that, that name. Call on him all across this room. I pray God that if they will have the guts to let it go and turn it over to you, that you just show them, you just show them how much you love them. trust I trust I trust in you God who I believe that you'll do it I pray this in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus